Well, I thought last week that we would conclude, we were, we were including, concluding, amen, relentless faith as we've been talking about uh, reviving our faith. Um, but if y'all bear with me, I, I, I want to continue to drop a deposit on that on today. Because I don't think God is through with what he wants to do or get out of this subject concerning faith. So I want you to grab your Bibles this morning. We're going to the Gospel of Luke, if you will, the Gospel of Luke. And I'll be taking my reading out of the message translation this morning. I, I want to, it gives us a little bit broader uh, understanding of the scripture. Actually, it's going to pull my subject topic out of it. So I want to read it this morning. Mark 5. Sorry, Mark 5, 25 through 34 on this morning. Amen. Seems like everybody's standing. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The word of God reads in Mark 5. I still hear some pages turning. Amen. Amen. All right. I like to hear pages turning. Amen. Nothing like that physical Bible. Amen. Amen. The word of God reads in Mark 5, starting at the 25th verse. It says, a woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years. A long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly. I saw that this morning as I was going over that. They treated her badly taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before. Had heard about Jesus. She slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, critical, if I can put a finger on his robe, <laughs> I can get well. The Bible says the moment she did it, the flow of blood dried up. She could feel the change and knew her plague was over and done with. And at the same time, Jesus felt energy discharging, I think King James says virtue, discharging from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And the disciples said, what are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking, who touched me? I don't know if I'll talk to Jesus that way, but this is what they said. Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him and gave him the whole story. And Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, Faith Takes Risk. 
faith takes risks. Let's pray. Father, we are honored to be in your presence on this morning. We thank you, Father, that we get the opportunity to come into the house of God where we can worship you and praise you, where we can be amongst our inheritance, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We thank you for that. And we thank you that we come to hear your word, that we get an opportunity to be in the presence of your word. And God, we pray that this morning, the, the, your word declares that the interest of your word give us light. So God, I pray that you would illuminate our life, help us to see God, just how valuable faith is to the believer. That you've given us something to unlock, <laughs> yeah, some supernatural things in our life. That we are your children called out, chosen, predestined. And God, we are not designed to walk according to the world, but we are designed to walk according to your word. So God, I pray that your word would do its work on today. I pray that the Holy Spirit will move freely in this place. Though I have prepared, I pray that I may decrease, that you may increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We thank you and we honor you for this word that's going to transform our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, faith takes risk. Faith takes risk. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Faith takes risk. It was Hudson Taylor that said, unless there is an element of risk in our exploits for God, there is no need for faith. Because the truth of the matter is, is that our faith is tested in the risks that we are willing to take. You want to see somebody that has faith, you look at the risk. You look at the, the risk that they are willing to take, the, the, the measures that they are willing to go out, not on themselves, but on God. Because truth of the matter is that there is no greater faith than faith in God. Because we all have faith. We all have faith for particular things, but faith is only as good as the one you have faith in. And we understand that God created and he formed the worlds and uh, we understand that he is in charge of everything. And because he's in charge of everything, that when we lay our faith in him, we have to understand that his word is true, that there's some impossible things that can happen when you activate the faith that God has given you. There's a story about a single traveler who was traveling in the desert and he was running out of water and he realized that if he did not find water that he would ultimately die. And this traveler, as he's going on traveling through the desert, he sees in the distance, he sees an abandoned cabin. And when he arrives at this, this abandoned cabin, understand, he discovers an old rusty pump near the back door. And as he looks at this pump, he notices a tin can that is tied to this pump and a note inside the tin can. The note had the following inscription. It said, Dear stranger, the well has never gone dry, but the pump needs to be primed in order to bring up the water. 
And there was a white rock that was near the, the pump. And the subscription tells him that under this white rock, I buried a jar of water away from the sun. And there's enough water in this jar to prime the pump. It says, pour half of it in the pump and wet the leather, leather and wait, then pour the rest of the water into the pump and begin to pump. Hmm. And the scripture said that when you finish, put it back, put the, fill the jar of water up and put it back under the rock and leave it for the next traveler that comes by. And it concludes with have faith and believe. Now, if you were that single traveler this morning, what would you do? What would you do if you were dying of thirst? And there's a pump there, but you see no water. But up under the rock, you notice, yeah, there's a jar of water. My question is, would you drink the water? Or would you take a chance? Would you take a risk and pour it into the pump, priming the pump to get you all the water that you would need? Yeah, yeah. What would you do? What, what, what would you, what would you do? Yeah, just like this story this morning, life is full of risk. And if we're going to be anything like what God had if our life is going to be anything like what God has intended it to be, understand it's going to involve taking risk. Yeah, it's going to involve putting a risk out there. It's going to involve faith that takes risk. In our text this morning, we're introduced to a woman who Jesus himself says, yeah, he's quoted as saying, took a risk, of faith. And because of it, understand her life was never the same. Because she was willing to do what others were not willing to do. It's amazing because as I look at this text, um, the Bible says that there's a multitude around Jesus and uh, they're there. They're there for, for specific reasons, but we only hear about this particular woman being delivered and being set free because she took a risk. She activated something that she had on the inside that separated her from anybody else. Yeah. In our text this morning, we are introduced to her. Now, I want to approach this text a, a, a little bit differently because um, this woman took a risk of faith to solve an issue that she had. She didn't take a risk of faith for a light bill being paid. She didn't take a risk uh, to, to have a cardinal paid. She, she didn't take a risk for anything physical or material. Now, I do understand that there are uh, that there are some people that need that, that uh, to activate that level of faith in order. Uh, to see God move. I, I, I realize that. I, I don't dismiss that because I was at a place one time in my life that it took that level of faith uh, in order to see God move. But I believe that God wants to talk to some people that not necessarily have faith or want to have faith for a light bill, want to have faith for a car note, want to have faith for a house. But there's some issues in your life that you're dealing with that you need, yeah, to be changed. 
Yeah, that you need to be changed. Yeah, because there comes a time when, yeah, you're not believing God to pay a light bill. Because having a job will take care of that. There comes a time when you don't need the faith for uh, uh, to purchase an automobile or uh, 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 purchase a, a house. Uh, uh, you saved up enough. Uh, you've got some money saved and your credit is good and you can go in there and you can purchase the house you want and you can purchase the car you want. God is trying to get our faith elevated beyond the materialistic things of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants our faith to graduate. This woman in our text didn't need faith for anything material. Yeah, no, no, no. What this woman needed was a healing from an issue that money could not buy. Because the truth of the matter is that you can have all the money you want, but understand there's some issues that won't move because of money. Uh, I wish I had a witness in here. I, there are a lot of famous people that got a lot of money, but they got a lot of issues, and the money doesn't take care of those issues. They need something else that's going to bring deliverance. They, they need something else that's going to transform their lives. Yeah, the text tells us that the woman had a menstrual flow that would not stop. Uh, I know the women in here are probably saying, Ugh. Yeah, because y'all know more about that than the men do. Uh, but the Bible says that for 12 years, she suffered in this condition. Yeah, which means according to the Levitical law, this woman was considered ceremonially unclean. Yeah, I, I mean, so her issue led to issues. Yeah, uh, uh, that issue, that one issue caused multiple issues in her life because if you think about it, she had lost a, a, a massive amount of blood throughout the years which would probably cause her, yeah, to be physically weak. Yeah, not, not only physically weak, but she was probably emotionally and mentally drained uh, because she took her resources to the doctor with hopes of being delivered, but the Bible tells us uh, that they treated her badly. That matter of fact, the text tells us that she got worse and worse even though she went to the doctor. So you can imagine how emotionally uh, and mentally disturbed or, or drained she was. Not only that, but she was excluded from most social contact. Yeah, yeah, she couldn't go to the family reunion. Yeah, she couldn't go to work. Yeah, she couldn't uh, uh, babysit the grandkids. No, no, no. She was excluded. She, she couldn't come to church. She, she was ceremonially unclean, so she couldn't even come to the house of God to worship God. Yeah, matter of fact, she couldn't even have a relationship with her husband. Yeah, matter of fact, she couldn't even get pregnant because, again, yeah, anything she touched was considered unclean, which means everywhere she sat, every uh, plate that she ate out of, every fork that she used, every spoon that she used, everything she put on her body, everywhere she went, understand, she left it defiled. So you can imagine how this woman must have felt. And see, the truth of the matter is that just like this woman, we all have issues. <laughs> 
I, I mean, there may be some in here that got big issues. There may be others that have small issues. But the truth of the matter is, is that no matter who you are, what title you have, where you live, what you drive, what pedigree you got, understand we all got some issues. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the commonality of, uh, uh, of us coming to the house of God. Truth of the matter is that that's why you ought to not think yourself above anybody else because truth of the matter, if your story was on the screen, people would see, yeah, that you're not quite as, as, as holy, as, as good as you uh, appear to be. Yeah, I know you look good. I, I, know, I, I know you smell good. I know your hair's laying in the right spot, but the truth of the matter is, if everything is peeled back, yeah, you would have issues just like I got issues. That's why we can't look down on nobody. Because we all got some issues. Yeah. Some of it might be depression. Some of it might be suicidal thoughts. Some of it might be struggling with premarital sex. It might be abuse. It might be childhood trauma. It might be a divorce. It might be your finances. It might be some uncontrollable habit that... You seem to, they, they can't get in grips. It might be some sin, yeah, that's running rampant in your life. Yeah, we all got something, something that's there. But I, I like what, what Peter says in 1 Peter uh, 5 and 7 tells us something powerful. It says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about what's happened, what happens to you. Yeah, uh, well, we ought to rejoice this morning because, see, there is somebody that cares about our issues. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, somebody that cares. I didn't say somebody that talks about them. I didn't say that somebody condemns them. I, I said somebody that cares uh, about our issues. He, he, he's concerned about uh, the issues that we have in our life. Yeah, matter of fact, David says this in Psalms 138 and 80. He says, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Yeah, see, because we have a relationship with God, a father and a, a child relationship, God is concerned with us. Yeah, he's concerned. Your issues concern God. Ah. My issues concern God. Anything that's on my mind, anything that's on my heart, anything that's causing me trouble, understand God is concerned about it. Uh, yeah, and the great thing about it is regardless of your issue, God wants to make something beautiful out of your life. Ooh. Uh, yeah, he, he, he wants to make a masterpiece. Uh, uh, understand, a masterpiece didn't start out being a masterpiece. Uh, it started out one, 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 one uh, 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 figment at a time. Uh, and and when, it, 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 when the figment was finished, it grew into something beautiful. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. That even though we have issues, even though we have problems and circumstance, people may want to cast us aside. But there's a God that cares about what we're going through and wants to transform our lives. Mm, yeah, this woman in our text. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that too many people in, let me back, I believe that too many people in the body of Christ are dealing with issues 
that God has given them faith to overcome. Hmm. Yeah. Do you understand that anything that we're dealing with in life that God has already given us, the Bible says that he's given us everything to, to life and godliness. Everything we need to transform our lives. Everything we need to, to overcome the trauma. Everything we need to overcome the suicidal thoughts. Everything that we need to overcome the depression. God has deposited in each and every one of us. Uh, yeah, this woman in our text is often condemned. She's often condemned because she waited till she spent everything before she sought God. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we probably have done the same thing. Yeah, we, 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 we've searched other avenues of deliverance, other avenues of breakthrough, uh, yet to only have to come back to the only source that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that that we could ask or think. Yeah, God himself. This, this woman. So, so this morning, I don't want to condemn the woman. No, this morning, understand, I want to commend her. I want to commend her. Why? Because she could have given up on her issue. I mean, all of us, think about this. I, I mean, 12 years is a long time to be dealing with some issues. 12 years, I, I, I mean, 12, yeah, a decade is 10, 12 years of dealing with issues. Uh, this woman could have said, this is, way, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, she could have said that I've searched everywhere and couldn't find an answer, so I, 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 I might as well isolate myself, never see my family, never see my children. Uh, I, I, my, my, my birthing days are over. Uh, I, I might as well uh, just embrace people looking down at me, talking about me, scandalizing my name. I, I, I might as well just settle in with everywhere that I go, understand I'm going to leave some contaminants around. But understand, this woman, yeah, this woman, this woman refused to settle with her condition. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, 12 years. I mean, she could have. She, she could have just settled there. Yeah, uh, but she kept on searching until she found a solution. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I want to talk to some people uh, that are not willing to settle where you are. That's not willing to settle in the condition and the issues that seem to be arising in your life. No, there's something down on the inside of you that understands that life can be different. Uh, that it can be greater. Uh, that I can overcome this. That the challenges don't have to have me, but I can overcome any challenge and struggle that I'm going through. I wish I had a witness in the building. I want to talk to some people this morning who are unwilling to settle with the issues in your life life. I just want to know, do I have any people like that in the building on this morning? Uh, yeah, you got some issues, but I'm not willing to settle. Uh, I, I know I've been going through it for 10 years. I've been going through it for 15 years, but the truth of the matter, the devil is a lie. I'm not going to stay right here. I'm not going to let this uh, keep me in bondage. No, I believe that God has greater on the horizon for me. Yeah, I'm not going to stay here. Can I get a witness in the building? You ought to put your hands together if that's you on this morning. Our text says that Jesus has just returned from Campanium. Jesus has returned 
and he's returned <laughs> from healing a man who had, uh, the Bible says, a legion of demons. He's healed him. The people around didn't, didn't like the fact that Jesus healed this man. They were upset because Jesus sent the demons into the swine. And they saw their money going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were upset. So Jesus leaves and he goes to a place where people are waiting on him. People are with expectation that Jesus is going to show up. See, I, I, I want to suggest that that's, that's, the, that's the type of environment that Jesus wants. Jesus wants to, to enter into a place that has some expectation. Jesus wants to enter into a home uh, uh, that's just waiting on him to show up. So, so the text says that Jesus shows up and there's a crowd that has gathered. Others have, uh, some have gathered to hear the words of Jesus. Um, because there's something about his word that is transformative. Yeah, they, they, they had heard nothing like Jesus. He shows up on the scene and he begins uh, to preach uh, and bring deliverance and healing. And, and there was something, nothing like it. Uh, uh, so some are waiting to hear the word and then some are waiting for a miracle. Yeah, some are waiting to see their lives change. The text says, it tells us that Jairus, an official from the local synagogue, approached Jesus and begged him to come to his house. Jairus, yeah, the Bible says that he has a 12-year-old daughter. Uh, significant because she was 12, and the woman who had an issue of blood had suffered 12 years. So she had suffered just as long as this child had been born. And, and Jesus, uh, uh, he, he, he hears Jairus, Jairus out, and he makes up his mind that he's going to Jairus' house to bring healing to his daughter. Because I told you that where expectation is, that's where Jesus want to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so Jesus shows up uh, uh, having been uh, rejected by the others and he's appreciated at this site and this man shows up and cries out to Jesus and because of that, Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I got a God. Yeah, that, that if I just set the expectation, he'll show up and show out. Ah, yeah, and that's what the enemy does not want us to have is an expectation that when God shows up, something is going to happen. Um, but I wish I'm talking to five or ten people in here that you realize that when God shows up, something has to happen. Yeah, when God shows up on the scene, I, I, I mean, something supernatural has to happen, and this is what's taking place. Jesus is on his way, and as he's on his way, understand uh, the disciples said that the crowd is jostling him. They're, they're in a crowd. I don't know if you, you know, I, uh, I don't necessarily like to go to the fair uh, because I just don't like the crowd. So if I'm going, uh, I, I already got my list. I know that I'm going to get me uh, some, some, some corn 
I, I know I'm going to find that turkey leg. Uh, I, I know I'm going to find that, that uh, what's that, that, that powdered, uh, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got some witnesses in the building. Uh, and once I get that, I'm good. I can make my exit route. Uh, because of the crowd, you know, people bumping all up in you, you know, all up on you, you know, the crowd. Uh, uh, and Jesus here, yeah, is being jostled by the crowd. But something happens. The te text tells us that Jesus is touched by a woman having an issue of blood. So this wasn't an ordinary touch. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, when this happened, understand, the text tells us this woman with an issue of blood, it says the moment that she did it, the flow dried up, and she could feel the change and knew her plague was all over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I just want to tell somebody. Yeah, y'all want to tell somebody it's about, yeah, it's about to be over and done with. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that's what happened when this woman uh, showed up and touched Jesus. The Bible says uh, that her issue, her plague was over and done with. So I don't know what the enemy has been bringing your way, but you ought to put him on notice and let him know it's about to be over and done with. Yeah, I know you've been sending this issue around five or ten years, three or four months, but I got news from heaven on this morning. Yeah, that it's about to be done and over with. Uh, yeah, it has an expiration date. Somebody ought to praise God that your problem, that your issue has an expiration date that sooner and later understand is going to be changed. Uh, yeah, the text tells us. That Jesus tells us in 34 that all this happened because she took a risk of faith. She was healed and made whole. The text says that she heard about Jesus. It's critical what you hear. The Bible said faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we want to be delivered, if we want to be set free, we got to put ourselves in an atmosphere where we can hear that change happening in our life. In other words, you got to watch out of the company you keep. Yeah, you telling people about your issues, but they ain't telling you how to get delivered. They ain't telling you how to be set free. No, they telling you, child, you got to live with it. No, no, you got to you got to deal with whatever you're going through. The devil is a liar. Yeah, because I serve God, because I'm healed, because I'm chosen, because I'm called out. Understand, somewhere down the line, this thing is going to be done and over with. It's going to be done and over with. She hears about Jesus. And the text says that it triggers a thought. It says that she was thinking to herself. If I can put a finger <laughs> on his robe, I can get well. I, I love that because as I was looking at that, I, I, I really saw the magnitude of this woman's faith because she didn't say, if I hug Jesus, she didn't say, I got to grab him. Uh, she didn't say, I got to put my whole hand on him. She said, if I can just put one finger 
on his robe. Understand, I know my situation would change. I got news for somebody that you are a finger away from your situation being changed. You are a finger away from touching God. You are a finger away from seeing your breakthrough. You are a finger away from, from seeing that thing in the rearview mirror. Yeah, it used to be present, but it's no longer present because of your faith. I wish I had somebody that would believe that on this morning. You are a finger away. Touch your neighbor and say, you are a finger away. You are a finger away. You are a finger away. Uh, see, faith is not only about what you do, but it also involves what you think or believe. Because truth of the matter is that you can't do anything that you don't believe in. Hmm. I mean, this is the devil's strategy. <laughs> yeah, he wants us to distort or di dilute what we believe. In other words, he want our faith watered down. Uh, yeah, he, he, if whatever God did last year, understand he wants that faith watered down this year because if it's watered down, then we won't believe God for what he did, for, for what he's going to do in this season like he did in the last season. But my Bible says he doesn't change, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Uh, so, so, so whatever I went through last year and he brought me through it, understand, uh, I, I ought to believe in this season because he did it last year. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above in this season of my life. Uh, but this was always the fight. Yeah, this was always the fight. This was the devil's strategy in the garden to get Adam and Eve to question uh, yeah, to, to, to question what they believed about God. Has God said? Yeah, have you ever done that? Have you ever, you know, you, you, you read something or you heard God speak something over your life? Uh, and then the enemy will come and cause you to question what God said? Uh, the, the reason that he's doing that is because he doesn't want you to have faith in what God has said. Uh, so he wants it watered down. He, he wants doubt to creep in. He wants unbelief to creep in. And this is the same thing he did in the garden when he said, have God said. Yeah, see, what you believe is critical. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, what you believe is critical. Yeah, what you believe is critical. What you believe matters. Adam and Eve's unbelief got them moved out of the garden. And can I suggest that that's the same plot, plan, scheme of the enemy today is to get you moved away from the promises and destiny and purpose that God has for your life by having unbelief, by believing what the enemy is saying. Huh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, the fight is for what you believe. The fight is for your faith. Uh, it's for your faith. He doesn't care about what you drive. He doesn't care about where you live. He's after your faith. Now, he will use that to get to your faith, but he doesn't want it. Oh, yeah. <coughs> He's not worried about your car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I ain't gonna miss it. Hmm. 
Look at what Solomon tells us in Proverbs 4 and 23. Solomon says this. He says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues, there it is, the issues of life. The New King James translation says this. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. As a man thinketh, the Bible says, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. So whatever you think, understand it's going to shape your life. Hmm. Uh, if you think you won't get the promotion, you won't get the promotion. If you think you will not be healed, more likely you won't be healed. If you think the marriage won't work, guess what? The marriage won't work. It's all about what we think because what we think shapes, shapes out. I didn't say that. The Word said that. It's letting us know how vital the Word of God is for our life. That if we take it in, if we take the letter, uh, the, uh, take it out of the book and let it become living in our lives, it will produce exactly what God said it would. The NIV says, above all else, God, your heart. Not talking about this heart. It's talking about your mind. Protect it. Guard against it. I mean, how do we guard against it? One of the ways the Bible tells us that we have a shield of faith. <laughs> yeah, a shield of faith. Faith is a shield. It, it guards you, it protects you, it defends you against the devil, your arch nemesis. The one that the Bible says comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So why not would I build my faith up so that when the enemy comes, I have what I need in order to defend against him. And I want to suggest that that's what's wrong with many in the body of Christ is that we have no shield. Ooh. That when the enemy comes and when he sends those fiery trials and when he sends those darts to attack our life, we have nothing to defend against the enemy with. But God is saying if you use the faith that I've given you, you can quench every dot and fire of the enemy that comes your way. And see, the devil knows this. He knows that it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. It is with the mind that we serve the Lord. It is with the mind that our faith is deposited. Uh, yeah, deposited. So that it can reveal to us a greater level of living that God has purposed for our life. <laughs> See, the devil knows that if our mind is messed up, if our mind is full of doubt and distrust and confusion, that we can't truly serve God, neither can we have the faith to overcome the issues of life. Uh, so the devil attacks our mind, telling us we'll never get rid of the habit. Uh, the devil attacks our mind, uh, yeah, and tells us uh, that, that uh, I can't do uh, without the sex. Yeah, the devil attacks our mind. <laughs> yeah, attacks our mind 
and tells you, you know, I can't stop sleeping around. I, I can't stop lying and cheating. I, 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 the devil uh, comes and he talks to us and says, you'll never be healed. I, I'll never be able to get uh, over uh, mama's devil and daddy's demons. I, I, I'll never be able, I'll, I'll have to live with this situation. But I'm here to tell you, the devil is a liar. Ah, yeah, the devil, the devil wants us to, to he, he doesn't want us to have faith to overcome these issues. Uh, but I believe this morning, I, I believe that there's at least two or three of y'all in here that truly believe that your issues won't have you, but you will have your issues. Uh, that one day, one, one day when you believe, when you trust God, that whatever you're dealing with, understand it cannot abide. It cannot stay there. It might be raised in hell right now, but when I activate the faith that God has put on the inside of me and I believe, glory to God, that it's going to change, it's going to change. Do I have a witness in the building? Uh, yeah. I mean, so, so we see something. This woman with an issue of blood had used all her natural resources. <laughs> but she has something better. She had a supernatural resource. Can I suggest that that's what faith is? It's a supernatural resource. Huh? Because faith can do huh, what nothing natural can do. Huh. I mean, faith is the master key of living the type of Christian life that God has purpose and plan for each and every one of our lives. And if we never activate faith, if we never use the faith that God has given us, we'll never get what God has purpose and plan for our lives. The text says that when the woman touched Jesus, he asked his disciples, who touched me? I mean, really, really, Jesus. I, I mean, out of the multitude that's there, you're talking about somebody touch you. But can I suggest that Jesus did not want to know who touched him to yell at them. But he wanted to know who in the world <laughs> emanated this type of faith. Who in the world touched me with one finger and I felt the power leave. Who in the world huh, caused the virtue to flow out of me to immediately bring healing to their life? Can I suggest that that's what Jesus is looking for in this season of our lives? He's looking for somebody that emanates real faith. I'm not talking about wavering faith. I'm not talking about doubting faith, but I'm talking about faith to believe that if I can just touch him. Uh, I know that my situation will be changed. I know that God will bring deliverance. He will bring healing. I know what mama said. I know what daddy said. I know my sister dealing with it. I know my brother dealing with it. But the truth of the matter is I don't have to deal with it because I'm a child of the king. I wish I had somebody that had that type of faith this morning. That you believe the power of God. That you believe that he can can do the impossible. Do I have anybody like that in here this morning? Oh. See, the devil would love, and I'm just about to, the devil would love for you to believe your issue more 
then you believe the, the God that is able to take care of your issue. This woman took a risk of faith, and because it, the Bible says that she was healed. But what I like about that, it didn't stop there. The Bible said that she was healed, but it also said she was made whole. Y'all help me to understand that. You know, I'm a little slow. Uh, uh, I mean, wouldn't I just want to be healed? <laughs> I mean, I've been dealing with this issue for quite a long time. I mean, that would be enough, I would think. But what I love about God is that he does not only see that issue, but he sees other things in our lives that ultimately could lead to some other issues. Uh, and the Bible says that she was made, she was healed that day, but she was also made whole. So not only did he heal her, uh, but he saw other things and brought those things under control, under submission, under his healing power. And that's what I love about God is that he don't just want to heal you, but he want to make you whole. And I don't know about you, but I don't just want to be healed. No, I need to be made whole. I need God to bring some wholeness in my life, some wholeness in my mind, some wholeness in my body, some wholeness in my emotions, some wholeness mentally. I wish I had a witness in here. God want to make you whole. Anybody want to be made whole in the building? Not just God blessing you with a job, glory to God. You wanted to make you whole. In other words, Huh, you got wealth for the next generation. God just don't want to heal your life physically. No, he want that thing to be passed down through generations. He want it cut off. I wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, he want it cut off that the enemy will not have any havoc no more in your life. On matter of fact, in your generation, down to your children and your children's children. God want to cut it off. He want to make you whole glory to God that you'll know how to pass down stuff glory to God that you'll be able to deposit what you need in the next generation coming do I have a witness in the building uh, this is the same uh, this is the same thing that took place in Luke 17 you know 17 Luke 17 the Bible says that there were 10 lepers uh Jesus shows up on the scene. Uh, he tells them, uh, what I like about this is, here we find Jesus didn't touch them either. I mean, I mean, Jesus can't do a miracle without touching. I mean, the text says that these 10 men, Jesus tells them to go, go show yourself to the priest. Uh, because... Uh, yeah, when you go show yourself to the priest, something going to happen. I mean, they could have settled and said, well, Jesus, I, I need you to touch me. No, but all he did was give them a command. <laughs> yeah. See, that's sometimes my problem. We, God gives us a command, but we won't follow the command. Uh, the healing is in following the command. Uh, so as they go on, the Bible says they look at themselves, and lo and behold, they're healed. Well, one man, one out of ten, uh, yeah. Don't be the ten that don't come back and say thank you. Yeah, I, I want to be the one that come back and say thank you. I, I mean, one comes back and he falls down before Jesus and he thanks him. 
And Jesus says, not only are you healed, but thy faith has made thee whole. Second incidence where Jesus says that not only am I going to heal you, but I'm going to make you whole. Right, and I'm closing. I, I believe that that's what God wants to do in this season of our lives. See, he, 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 not only does God want to heal you, but he want to make you whole. The Bible says that because of this, if you go back and read it, it says Jesus tells this woman to live well and live blessed. Live well and live blessed. All because this woman took a risk of faith. Jesus heals her, makes her whole, tells her to go and live well and live blessed. I don't know about you, but that's the type of life I want to live. 